What's it mean when a company can openly be a money laundering venture for uber powerful politicians uh, to get money from Ukraine and that guy's still able to donate $50 million to the Democrats party and was able to do this when someone like Zach Abraham has been warning about FTT, FTX since its inception and it operates with a partner no one's met um, and it operated with just no money on hand in comparison to what they pretended to have. And this guy says, oh, no, 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 there were some mistakes, but we're coming back. This Sam Bankman freed. What's it mean when that's not the biggest, the biggest one to fall? Zach Abraham's going to tell us about another cryptocurrency, and this is important. It's, it, it's a thread that binds cryptocurrencies together. Zach says they're getting ready to crash. And look, people are now just beginning to talk about this malfeasance of the FTX fraud. Holland Capital Cedar Management posted this. All of us are worried about, you know, on the balance sheet of FTX is a line called Trump lose. And Sam was the second biggest donor to Democratic candidates. I'm going to leave it to everybody else to draw their own conclusions about what you're saying here. Right. Those are those are really, really ugly facts when you see a fraud of this magnitude having played out and you find no regulators were there to prevent it. That's a really, really tough story. We could talk for quite a while about FTX. Sadly, we don't have it. So I have to finish with. Yeah, they don't want to talk forever about FTX. And on the balance sheet of a company that was said to be the next. Warren Buffett type company. Yeah, they had on their balance sheet a bet. They counted that as an asset that Trump would lose. This is Sam Bakeman Freed um, talking at a point where he's on Meet the Press. He's sitting in a chair. He is shaking so bad that the chair itself is shaking. You think every money you spend in politics should be disclosed publicly? Are you comfortable with that? I think that I I think what I would say is, you know, if there was a norm where every dollar that ever in donated mm-hmm. in politics was to be disclosed publicly, um, I would have a, a lot of sympathy for that. I think I might support it. I haven't thought carefully about it enough to know. But well, it I sounds so. like what you're saying is maybe there's some donations that you have made that you wouldn't make if you knew they were going to be immediately public. So I think and shifty eyes can't answer a question, can't stop bouncing in the chair. It's not a Bill Gates thing. There's a culture in Silicon Valley of amphetamines and shrooms. And this guy's girlfriend, young woman who was apparently running the finances for his trading arm, apparently she used to tweet about how much she loved amphetamines. But that's not the biggest one. It's the most mobbed up, perhaps, but it's not the biggest one. Zach Abraham joins us to talk about what might well be the biggest one to fall. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. (laughs) 
Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Thanks to you. Thanks primarily to the Lord and to the Lord for putting us together and to the partners of the show. The third national radio show, the Todd Herman Show, airs this weekend. I keep getting, uh, I need an affiliate list to give you. If you could call your local talk radio station and tell them the show's there and that you will support the show, if that's something you can do, I appreciate that. If you own cryptocurrency, um, this is going to be an important conversation for you. We're blessed to have Boer Capital Management as a partner of the Todd Herman Show. And my brother, Zach Abraham, joins me on Bull, from Boer Capital Management, Chief Investment Officer on the Todd Herman Show. Welcome back, brother. Good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. So you were just, we were talking before you came on, and I'm going to just throw this tease out here. You say it's not just Sam Bankman Freed, who incidentally, that sounds like a PSYOP name, Sam Bankman Fried. Come on. Uh, but you tell me that this is the FTX guy. We're going to talk about the Democrat second biggest donor with his scam money. Um, but you tell me there's another big scam getting ready to blow up. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a couple. Um, so there's a guy out there. <clears throat> I, I believe he's a former Chinese national. And, and don't quote me on that. He may be from another country, but I, I believe he's a Chinese national. And he goes by the name of CZ. It's a it's a surname or you know short name for his pre you know uh, abbreviation for his full yeah. name. And um, he runs one of the largest crypto exchanges. And he was partners uh, investing on a bunch of different um, crypto deals in the early days with SBF with with Sam Bankman Fried. And he runs the crypto exchange called Bitfinex. Now. Uh, uh, Bitfinex is tied intricately with something that's called Tether. So Tether is what we refer to as a stable coin. So the best way to think about it is Tether is like a chip in the casino, right? So you, you go to these exchanges, you go to Bitfinex and you exchange your money, your, your dollars for Tether. And then you use the Tether coin to trade crypto exchange, right? That's, it's kind of like your chip in the casino, and and the and the promise that they made was that every tether would be backed by a U.S. dollar. Well, in preparation for the and I've known a lot of this stuff, but I dug into it deeper last night in preparation for our conversation. And there are bank records. I'm not talking about rumors. I am talking about bank records. There is no backing. They've taken the money. They've misappropriated. It's gone somewhere else. Um, and, and the guys that run this have significant fraudulent and criminal backgrounds. Okay. So CZ himself is currently under investigation from the DOJ of illegally, I didn't get into the details of it, but somehow illegally laundering or moving 8 billion out of Iran, um, <clears throat> in a fraudulent manner. Um, and then these guys on, 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 and, and you can go look at this. I mean, it's online. The, these guys on calls, would say stuff like, look, every dollar is there. You can trust us. It's all account, right? We can trust you, right? Yeah, you can trust us, uh, says every fraudster ever. Right. Um, and the money's all there. Everything's backed. You know, don't worry about it. And then somebody goes, well, hey, you know, Tether is over here and Bitfinex is over here. But the rumor is, is they're the same company. Oh, no, we have nothing to do with each other. We just bank at the same bank. Well, investigative <laughs> journalists dug into that. Uh, the same people that started Tether started and owned Bitfinex. 
So they came on and go, oh, well, well, and I I listened to the interviews verbatim. They come on. Well, you misunderstood us. No, no. we. So, Todd, this is crazy because Tether is now worth. So, right. Remember, it's backed by a dollar. And these guys, supposedly, and these guys have the the unabated ability to print as much of this Tether as they want. Well, there's now $65 billion worth of Tether in circulation. The last time they had, they refused to be audited. Okay. So instead of auditing, they had an attestation done. And I listened to all the crypto guys run around with an attestation. Well, an attestation means nothing. It means that somebody looked in your account and that attestation happened a long time ago when there were far less, uh, uh, far less tether in circulation. So. When they did the attestation, they uncovered the bank records. They were supposed to have 400 million at that time. They had 400 million tether in circulation. So they were supposed to have 400 million on the bank. They moved in 398 million from Bitfinex the day of the attestation and then moved it back out the same day. This is a $65 billion fraud in plain sight, which is larger, larger than the Bernie Madoff fraud. And this information's out there. Authorities are doing nothing about it. And all the crypto people, even after these exchanges fold up once one after another, are not doing anything about it. So one of the things out of the bat that I want to be sure to tell everybody, and we can get into the deeper stuff and the political connections. If you have crypto, if it's Bitcoin or whatever, I'm not telling you don't own it. Sell it right now and sit back and wait for this stuff to settle because Tether is the biggest liquidity provider in the entire crypto space. If Tether rolls, and I, I, look, you're looking at it right now, it is a fraud waiting to collapse. Um, it may happen in a day. We may be two weeks out. I don't think this goes for another 30 days. If Tether goes under, which is inevitable, okay, we're talking about a $65 billion market cap. They don't even have $400 million backing it. Okay, <clears throat> When this goes under, everything in crypto land is going to get just blitzed. Um, Bitcoin will probably get blitzed less than everybody else. How big a loss is, who knows? But you know how markets are. When liquidity freezes up, everything goes down like a rock. So the I was fired up for this interview. I dug into it deeper and contacted some of my buddies and sources that know more of this stuff and did some homework last night. It, it's even worse than I thought it was. Wow. And so, but here's the thing that, that has it came out as a theme this week, Zach is I'm looking at everything and I'm asking how much is real. Um, You know, we see, I know that Sunday news, weekend news programs are manufactured. I know that because I used to help manufacture them. Uh, I didn't directly, but I worked at the RNC when they did that. We know about the lies about the injections. We know about the lies of pharma. We know about the lies of, oh, we're not really, it's not really 30 trillion in debt. We're 330 trillion in debt. We know about the lies of, um, just ev- everything is manufactured. We have, um, yeah. you know, the figurehead giving his, he's pretending to be in the White House. He's on a sound stage. We have the DOJ speaking to the DOJ. They, they're basically caught lying about who opened the door at the Pelosi residence. They said, uh, it was, it was the police. No, now it was Paul Pelosi, according to NBC's, uh, reporter who's since been suspended. He had sources who watched the body cam video. They won't put that out. So I'm wondering how, I mean, what, what, what exactly is real? So you're telling me these guys were able to, you know, my favorite word, conjure, pretend their way into a market mm-hmm. cap of $65 billion based on a bunch of tech babble and trust us. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And the crazy thing is, <clears throat> we've never participated in it. We we traded Bitcoin a few times in very small amounts for our clients. Actually, made a pile of money doing it. Um, but w- w- I, it would only be a trade. I would always have stop losses because you know I see a trade opportunity. But I just I, Bitcoin is the best out of the group. But I don't believe that there is any intrinsic value there. Um, and I think that the whole crypto space. They, Todd, you go, you remember, I mean, you were right in the thick of it, man, the tech bubble, right? right. I think I've always viewed crypto as sort of like that, meaning that I think 95 to 97% of these things are going to go bust. And I think it's rife with fraud. There will be legitimate uh, technologies that come out of this. Um, there will be utility that comes out of some of these technologies. But right now, if you look at the crypto space, I, I don't know that there has ever been a universe of investments or or anything that was set up so perfectly for fraud um because there are no cash flows expected right um you know and i, I was getting told by all these people oh you can put your crypto on this exchange and you're going to get a 20% a month return and i'd sit there and i go guys think about that how is that possible if you tell me i'm going to get a guaranteed 20% a month return i will give you a guarantee that you're going to be in jail within 5 years Right. That's not possible. Um, so the whole thing, I mean, and, and when we're talking about FTT, which is the Sam Bankman Freed that just went under. Now, he came out today on Twitter saying, hey, they made some mistakes, but you got to stick with us. We're going to ramp this thing back up. That's wow. what Sam Bankman Freed is saying. Right. Wow. He, st- he still hasn't. There's the U.S. law enforcement still hasn't done anything. I, wow. I don't know. And and now we know for a fact this guy is running running a multi billion dollar Ponzi scheme. It has crashed. He donated forty million to the DNC, and for some reason, U.S. authorities aren't stepping in. Yeah, that's would it have weird. anything to do with the forty million? I see. My number that I read was fifty million. Uh, that he's given to the DNC. I've seen time and time again. Yeah, you think that he might have? Uh, you know what do we say? Mobbed up. He yep. purchased himself being mobbed up. And look, you mentioned the early tech days. There was a guy who had um, invented, he said, um, a technology that was uh, like streaming media, but real time. Uh, and this was back, um, you know, this was back in 2004, 2005. So he was saying he had invented a streaming media technology that was real time. It was just like broadcast TV. But you know what that did, Zach? That defied physics. Okay, so you have to record something. It has to go through a camera and be processed. Then it needs to go into a computer and be processed and encoded and then sent up to the cloud, not the cloud, but the Internet, decoded on the other side. But it's real time. And he would go to to he would go to VCs, venture capitalists, and he'd come in the door and then he would show them his tech and he'd say, look, watch this. You, you're going to see the who playing live. And he'd do, he'd do like this road show. And he, I don't remember the exact money, but it was around $600 million he got invested. And he turned around and spent, as I recall, 35 or 40 million bucks to have the Who and these huge bands go play in Las Vegas um, to launch his company. And it turned out that all he was ever doing was using was souped up Windows Media flash technology on PCs. And he pretended... It was connected to the internet. He pretended it was going over the web and no one at the VCs brought in an engineer to say, Hey, let's actually look at the code. No one. Sequoia partners. 
one of the biggest and most successful yeah. hedge funds in the world invested in FTT. And I, I would have looked at I, I, the, the, this shows you the, these things only happen at the top of ridiculous bubbles. The people at Sequoia aren't stupid. The reason they start making investments like that is to keep up with the Joneses in the investment world, right? Because so-and-so posted 150% returns last year. We got to catch them. And the minute that cycle happens, investors need to know to get out of the playing field. And, and when you do that, you, you also have to simultaneously know that you are walking away from gains, but those gains are going to evaporate as quick as you got them, actually quicker. And it, it, it's just, it is, it is anathema to me that so many of these uh, educated investors, the, the, these people that should know better, couldn't see through this. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't even have to dig into it to know it was BS. I, it, the, the whole thing is, it is a giant Ponzi scheme. It is a, it is a playground for fraud. And if you're listening to this and you're a Bitcoin person, I get it. I agree with you about why you like Bitcoin. I'm not assaulting Bitcoin. What I'm telling you is the environment around it is toxic and fraudulent and get out. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty clear. And we're going to get into with <laughs> Zach Abraham. Uh, we're going to get into a discussion about, um, about Sam Bakeman Freed and the politics and how mobbed up this guy was and is and how how this has been allowed to happen. And one simple thing, one weird trick they could do to, to convince us they're not all mobbed up. We are so careful here when we hook up with uh, partners because I want to be able to stand behind partnerships. Obviously, my brother Zach Abraham is a, you know, with the first partner. So I know I can stand with Zach. I do stand with Zach. In fact, I stand with him um, you know, in this and in other ways. But we also stand with Soda Weight Loss. And I'll tell you something, that, that business, the, the weight loss business, man, there are some bad actors in that. If someone is telling you, you walk in the door, they say, We're gonna lose, you're, you're going to lose 20 pounds in two weeks. They don't know. You ask them, how do you know that? You haven't even interviewed me. You don't know how much I eat. You don't know how long I've had this weight on my body. You don't know my trigger foods. No, no, we're going to do this. Or if it's all swimsuits, certainly soda weight loss likes to help people with their aesthetics. But if they aren't talking about health benefits or if they don't predict like how much you are specifically going to lose after they talk with you, and they don't say, what are the things to look out for? These are the things that you'll, you'll find out at soda weight loss. And incidentally, if they don't have a maintenance plan, you know what that is? After you drop the unwanted fat, if they don't have a plan for how you keep it off, run, run away. And because ask questions like, well, what's the maintenance phase like so that I don't, you know, put the weight back on how to ask them questions like, hey, so what happens when I hit set point? Anybody in the fat loss world should know what set point means, right? And that was what that means is that's when you, your body, after you hit maintenance and you've lost the unwanted fat, you stick there for about six months and your body says, okay, this is what I weigh. And that's where I want to stick. So uh, I advise it's sodaweightloss.com. One of the big myths about weight loss um, is during the holidays, don't do it. I'm telling you, that's a big, big myth. Otherwise, hey, why not put on 20 or 30 extra? Then it's 20 or 30 more pounds of fat you need to lose. So it's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A weightloss.com. It stands for state of the art. So Zach, this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, and and by the way, I'm not necessarily joking when I say his name sounds like a PSYOP. If you were gonna write, if you were gonna write some cheesy crypto novel with a bad guy, what's his name? Sam Bankman Fried. 
He's the fried bank man. I'm not, I mean, I'm sure that's his real name and I understand he's got a lineage and he's got family that's mobbed up. He's not, their family apparently is not new to money, but what is the new, new about um, that company? That's 50 million as I understand it to the Dems. Um, By the way, you wonder who got some of that tasty, tasty Mitchell McConnell enjoyed him. Some of that cash. Oh yeah. He get a little bit of that. I didn't realize that. Oh, Mitchell. Oh, yeah. yeah that, he got a little bit of that money. Um, well, so, I mean, you gotta, when you're a fraudster, you gotta, you gotta hedge your bet. You can't be too <laughs> ideological, you know? Right. Um, so let's start with the Ukraine thing. Um, because this stinks like money laundering to me. Um, yeah. It, so let's go there. Okay. So this is a little <clears throat> on the Ukraine side of it. So first of all, Sam Bankman fried <clears throat> the, um, his his parents are law professors at Stanford. Okay, so fairly fairly reputable. But like you said, there's a substantial amount of money there, and um, I, I'm not sure where they came into that. And maybe it was maybe it was inherited. Maybe they had law practices, whatever. But law professors at Stanford, right? Pretty well connected. Um, he he spent some time in Hong Kong, where actually that's where he buddied up with this CZ guy that I was telling you about earlier. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's where they, I, I want to say it was around 2013 that they started really getting into the whole crypto space. And then apparently he and his quote unquote partner who nobody has ever seen Gary Sam Wang, I believe oh, Gary Wang. is, yeah. <clears throat> and no, no one has met him. Um, there's evidence that he existed, but it, I, if I'm remembering correctly, that evidence is because he was involved uh, he or one of his partners was involved in the in the online poker scandal where uh, the online poker group was selling a God mode. So they would sell to some of their biggest clients the ability to see the cards of the people they were playing against. Um, and, and so you look up their corporate roster, there's just fraud up and down. So the Ukraine connection is a little bit more fuzzy because it, it, it we're there's not the access to the information because it's coming from a sovereign, right? It's coming from the Ukrainian government. But a lot of the paper trails suggest that a substantial amount of the money that's been coming in from donate you know, money that we've been giving them money that other people have been giving them that significant portions or not insignificant portions might be the better way. Cause I, I, it's just hard to know that that is so opaque. I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak out of turn. But there's significant paper trails and significant evidence that show that Zelensky or whoever's in charge of that Ukrainian money both invested in FTT and was filtering large amounts of money through them. And the reason that's interesting is when you look at the structure of FTT at the time and you look at their connection with that Bahamian bank, okay, they're, they kept saying, oh, this is our bank. It's a separate entity. Well, one of the founders of that bank is on the, I was, is either a corporate officer or was on the board of FTT. So there was incredible crossover. What it looks like, Todd, is it looks like a giant money laundering scheme. Right. That's what it looks like. A, a Ponzi scheme and a money laundering scheme together. Because if, if, if you're in the Ukraine, and you're getting all this money. Where are you going to, you know, let's say at the end of the day, you want to pull a, uh, oh, who's, uh, you want to pull a Yasser Arafat, right? You want to pilfer out 
hundreds of millions of dollars and hide them somewhere so you can bail out of Palestine and go live in the lap of luxury in downtown London. Yep. Well, right. Oversight's gotten trickier. But if I filter that through a quote unquote private equity investment into a Bahamian based cryptocurrency exchange and then I convert that into cryptocurrency. Right. Vapor trails. So that that's what it's looking like. And then when you look at the fact that he and CZ met each other in Hong Kong and it, it also there, there's also these constant rub ins and touches with members of the CCP or people that are considered prominent in the in the in the Chinese Communist Party. And again, guys, I'm trying to go over this on a global scale because each one of these silos we could dig into for an hour yeah. right, or more. But <clears throat> What it really, I, as I was watching it and researching it and talking to people in the know and reading different things, I just kept seeing this pattern and what it looks like, what it looks to me like the business really is, is this just a giant, giant money laundering business. You know, at, at people getting money out of China, Ukrainians getting it out of Ukraine, you know, because when this is all over, call me, call me cynical, that's fine. But uh, when this is all over, um, I'm going to, I have a very, very, very hard time believing that all of that money that's been sent to Ukraine has been spent responsibly. And then, and then if you say anything like that in the modern media, right now, I'm a shill for Putin, right? Right. I, I think Putin is a disgusting, horrible human being, but that doesn't make Zelensky good. Right. Right. That's, and, but that's and, the game. Then listen, guys, understand the game. When anyone comes to you and you don't know either person and they're telling you, you haven't met either of these, but this guy over here is an angel and he is, you, you should put your life treasure in his hands and probably you should die for him. And this other guy over here is scum and he hates you and there's nothing good about him. Clearly, we spot that as manipulation, and I don't doubt that this yeah. was money laundering. Because look at look at this with with um, with Ukraine, Hunter Biden, who as you know is a bio uh, he, he's a bio uh, technology expert, and he's a, a petroleum expert, and you know yeah, that too, energy right? expert, yeah. energy, yeah, energy, yeah. petroleum, uh, biotech, um, and then bioweapons, yeah, amphetamines. We'll get to the amphetamine stuff with this Bankman Freed guy, by the way. Um, <laughs> He gets to yeah. go over there and set up biolabs. Uh, and, and he's funding biolabs, Hunter Biden. And this is not a guy yeah. you want around any sort of biolab or bioweapon because he's, I mean, he, look, let's, let's say it this way. He's, he's a hostage, man. He's beyond the spiritual hostage. He's a chemical hostage. I think he's an abuse. I think he's a hostage of abuse. I don't know what went on in his family, but uh, Ashley, Ashley Biden seems to think it wasn't great. Um, and then you have Joe Biden compromised by this. Of course, it's money laundering. If you look at the, the way people can mint money in D.C., and we're not even supposed to talk about this. No one back there thinks that people like Pelosi and her husband and Mitchell McConnell came honestly among uh, into their 400 million bucks on their 200 a year salary. No one. And I don't care, Zach, you are in the investment business, Boer Capital Management. If I worked my entire life at, um, let's say I worked for 30 years at an average of 200 grand, um, I'd have to be pretty sharp to come out of that with 400 million bucks, wouldn't I? <laughs> You'd have to win the Powerball, man. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's it's, I mean the whole thing is completely ridiculous and here's the other thing. Well, he's a good investor. Well, he'd better be 
because to put up to to compound those kind of returns means that he is Paul Tudor Jones, Stan Druckenmiller, and Warren Buffett all together, right? He was knocking out seventy percent returns a year. Okay, I'm just letting you know, ain't possible. There there is no other obvious explanation for that than. At the worst, out-and-out fraud, at the very least, extremely leveraging your influence for self-gain. There's just no way. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit further about this. And I'll get to that one weird trick uh, that the the party could pull, that they could show us, oh, no, no, uh, we are not down with fraud. Because there's one weird trick they could do. I've been telling you about Bonefrog Coffee at bonefrog.us. This is exciting. Um, You guys are part of something that is building. And we're starting to see it. Uh, And if you are a subscriber, you've helped this stuff build and you are helping the Navy SEAL Foundation. Every sale helps them. Proceeds go to help the families of of Navy SEALs who gave their life to this country. They didn't lose their life. They didn't they didn't they didn't misplace it. They gave it um, because they're warriors. And you're also helping a good guy with a good team. Great guy with a great team. Tim Cruikshank, 25 year Navy veteran and himself a Navy SEAL. He hires vets. He works with vets. Uh, they work with veteran owned companies whenever they can. If you're a subscriber, number one, thank you. Number two, could you look at a Christmas gift this year of a subscription for a brother or a sister? particularly if they serve. They're going to love the God Country team ethos. It's on every single bag. And then they're going to wonder, like they're going to wonder about the coffee. Okay, it's a Navy SEAL. Is he great at making coffee? No, Tim is not great at making coffee. He is great at hiring and recruiting guys like Dave Stewart, who are coffee legends. That's why Bone Frog is different. It's not just slap a label on it because we're Navy SEALs and people want to back the SEALs. So if you haven't yet subscribed, subscribe. And if you're there, check out the merch. If you already subscribed, it's bonefrog.us. That's the website that Tim and I built together, bonefrog.us. So, Zach, uh, you probably know this one weird trick that the party could use to show all of us. They're straight up and down. They're stand-up folks. Do you know the trick I'm leaning towards? Uh, I, man, I, I I thought I would, but I'm 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 give the money I'm, back. Oh give, no 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 yeah. no 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 yeah no. give the money back. No, just let's just 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 DNC Democrats just give us the fifty, give the fifty million back, um, and let's just let's let's give that back to FTT. Give it back to him. But no, no, but why? No, no. Why would you do that though? Right. That, that money helped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that helped my, that money helped win the Senate, man. I mean, they, Hey, it, it was fraudulent ends, but, but, but the people's whose money that really was, they're better served by the DNC having it anyway. I mean, it's, it's taught. It's a humanitarian, <laughs> it is humanitarian effort on the part yeah. of the DNC. I mean, they're just looking uh, out for the folks here. When, when we raised money, um, out of the Valley, I had never raised money from Silicon Valley. I worked with a guy named John Atchison, who is the most honest Democrat you'll ever meet in your life. He is, John is literally, legitimately the most honest guy I've ever met in my life. Annoyingly honest. We were out in Silicon Valley once and we were staying at the, um, Oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of my favorite hotel down there just south of the airport, but it was like a second home to me. And, you know, with your hotel cards, you get the free breakfast. So you get, you know, some eggs off the grill and some toast or whatever. And so I went and got that. Here's what I had. I had like two eggs and some fruit. That's it. And, you know, staying in the hotel at the time, I don't know, it's 250 bucks a night, something, 200 bucks a night. So that's what I ate. John shows up late for this, not late, but he, you know, just got off his flight and pops over and he says, I haven't eaten breakfast yet. I go, oh, here, take my card. You can go have breakfast. 
And he looks up, he goes, okay, thanks. And he starts to walk. He goes, wait a minute. Have you eaten with this card? I said, yeah, but all I had was like a couple eggs and fruit. He goes, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. And I said, okay, but it would be like me getting seconds. He goes, yeah, but it's not. So I can't do that. I got to figure out how to go to pay for the breakfast. And they, they had no Good mechanism to sell the breakfast. No. And of course, now here I am a discipled guy and then John's an agnostic and he was more honest than I was. But here's the whole point of this story is when we were raising money and I was down there with my ponytail and my 150 extra pounds of fat. And I think I still had an earring. Those guys dummy tested me all day long. Mm-hmm. Like they would, they would get the fine. They'd pull the spreadsheet out. And they'd say, let's go through this together. And I'd say, can I get my CFO in here? Because I am not great at that. No, we can't. You can't. You run us through the assumptions. We'll talk to your guy about the macros. And clearly, you're not a spreadsheet guy. You run us through the assumptions, right? Yeah. How did you come upon this assumption? Why do you think you can garner these rates? And how do you think? Oh, okay, great. I'm glad. I'll talk all day long about the stuff I know. But they were dummy testing us. They sent engineers up to look at our code like, wait, 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 wait. So you guys built an ad insertion system and you built a system that can customize a player for any website in 15 minutes? No. Yeah. Come and play with it. We'll do it. We'll show you. That's how we got our raise, right? Because who's this big, you know, this big roly poly goof with the uh, ponytail and the goatee? And my hair was red at the time. But what I'm getting with this, this, you know, you say this bubble of all bubbles. Here's what I want to know again. It's the puzzle. How many people in the midst of this said, shut up, shut up and take the coin? Because in those days as well, there were people who were saying, shut up. Don't talk about the scam companies. Don't talk about the people who simply raised money as a bill of goods and paid themselves $5 million a year. Don't talk about that because it, it harms the space. So I'm curious how many people in crypto are playing that game, right? Just don't they, talk about it. They they still are. And and I think it's something cultural. I, and I'll give you a little bit of an anecdotal story. <clears throat> we have a very high client retention rate, mm-hmm. but a client of mine recently left because of what he heard me say on this show about uh, – what, what, who was it to – we were talking about Biden. Anyway um, – Something completely non-controversial. I can't, I'm blanking out what it, what it, what it was, but um, he's. We've got very few clients that have a liberal bent. He's a nice guy, good guy, but um, I think it was the it was the uh, I think we're talking about the energy situation or something like yeah. that. And he he left. He pulled the money, acknowledged that we had significantly outperformed the market. You know, he was down like three percent this year. He was. I appreciate it, but you know, I just ideologically I can't. And so. The reason I bring that up is because we live in this day and time. Hey, people have always been like this, but but it is incredible to me this this time we are in, where it's like everybody lives in their they're all speaking their own truth, right? Mm-hmm. They, they 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 live in their own curated ecosphere, and they will not tolerate any amount of truth from anybody else to come through. And if you threaten that little truth bubble of theirs. With, it, with a pen, you don't even have to prick it. If they even see it, they attack you, right? They go, oh, we got to take our money. And to the point where like even that client, we killed it for him. I think we outperformed the market like by 15% since he came here. Um, and and because he disagreed with something that I said that was 100% factual, they take their ball and go home. And and that's the way, I mean, you should, you should hear the flack I've taken on emails or over social media because people hear me speak out about crypto. Oh, you're an idiot. You don't know. Have fun being broke, all this kind of stuff. And 
The, the whole crypto sphere is filled with that. Don't tell us. Be quiet. It, it is the strangest thing because you look at them and go, you realize you're going to lose it all. And as I say this, I'm sitting there going, that's probably how God feels all the time, right? Like, hey, let me save you from this pending disaster. No, no, no. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Keep it to yourself, right? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and I'm, I'm, I'm continually fascinating by that, but I think to understand what's going on in markets and to understand what's going on in crypto right now, all you have to do is look at culture. It is a mirror. It, all the insanity and all of the denying of facts and whether it's the, whether it's COVID, whether it's Hunter Biden, whatever it is, you want to know how screwed up the markets are? It's the exact same thing. It's like we live in this period of time where everybody thinks they can curate their own truth. And it's, and it's just nonsense. We all know how it's going to end. Um, and I think it's in the process of start, you know, we're end, we're starting that end process now. But yes, Todd, you hit the nail on the head. Nobody, nobody is really very few people are trying to get at the truth. The vast majority of the crypto army is telling you, be quiet. This isn't good for crypto. This isn't good. And you can look at them and go, no, fraud isn't good for crypto. That's what's not good for crypto, right? Yeah. We, we should be shining the light in the dark places. And yeah. nobody in culture or nobody in markets is interested in that. I recorded an interview uh, this week uh, with a woman that's that interview drops. Uh, it dropped yesterday, Thursday, and she she took her husband to the ER uh, because he had walking pneumonia and she begged him, no, let's go to urgent care. Please don't go to a hospital uh, because they're going to put you in the covid protocol. They're going to vent you. They're going to put you on remdesivir. And he said, no, I'm an American. I have my rights. I'm not going to be on remdesivir and I'm not going to be vented. You're not going to let him do it. And I'm not going to let him do it. So I want to go to the hospital. I don't feel good. I just want this over with. And she took him there. And once they got their clutches on him, this was in Michigan. Um, first thing they did was sedate him. Second thing they do was put remdesivir in him. And then lo and behold, look, his kidneys were acting up. And that's what remdesivir does. That's how it kills you. Um, she heard them talking about kidneys and asked a bunch of times, Hey, did you put my husband on remdesivir? Cause we told you not to. She started noticing her husband talked real slow. He was spacey. They didn't tell her they'd sedated him. And she fooled the nurse into admitting he was on remdesivir. And then the night before they stuck him on a vent against his will, he took a screenshot of his oxygen level. His oxygen level was 89%. And the doctor who called her to demand that she sign off on putting one of the vents said, your husband's at 40%, his lips are blue, and he's begging to be put on the vent. And she said, no, because if his oxygen level was 40%, he wouldn't be talking. So no, wow. that's not true. And she didn't, he didn't know that she had the screenshot. Zach, she has audio and film of these guys saying, we're doing this for politics. We're doing this to save our jobs. This is all political. We know this isn't going to help your husband. And ultimately, they killed him. And the, so they were saying this, and I am wondering, because look, I, I'll tell you, because I know there are uh, lawmakers in D.C. who've told me it's a rating of the Treasury. They've told me this is a rating of the Treasury. And if the American people knew, they'd be here with pitchforks and torches, is what this congressman from Texas told me. Um, I think in, in the state we're in right now, I think you have the Pelosi's and the McConnell's and people like that saying, hey, you know what? It's end stage like that. We've put the economy into end stage cancer. 
So let's just take what we can. And out of that, they fail to take, take into account one, one entity. And that one entity is God. And God may come along and say, Hey, you know what? I've shaken you to your knees. Do you want to, do you want to talk with me now? I'm going to shake your economy. I'm going to shake your leadership. You're going to fall to your knees. Are you willing to come with me now? Because absent God, they might be right. They may have given the, the economy terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they, they, I mean, <clears throat> it, uh, yeah. Is it terminal? Um, not if God says it's at, not, he could turn it around. Yeah, no, it, it's not. But one of the, you know, this, um, we spend so much more time trying to figure out where we're wrong, right? Studying the mm. other side. I was mm. in the office last night till about 745 mm-hmm. researching stuff for this and then just general market research. And the, and the reason that we're doing it is because, or, or the, or the consternation that I have is that I have never in the study of finance or in the course of my career ever seen an economic picture that is quite a, that is as clear as the one that we're looking at. Um, and what I mean by that is, yeah. And what I mean by that is usually the, the economy is so complex, right? There's so much more complexity to it than other people think. And it's almost always a mixed bag, right? You have threats, but you have good things. I've never seen a picture this clear in the sense that if this does not end up, I mean, we're in a recession, uh, but if this doesn't end up being a bad recession with significantly greater losses, um, I, I may find another career. I literally just because I, that's how, that's how insane this all is. And yet everybody's running around like, oh, it kind of reminds me of the, the scene in the big short where, oh, this is just a gully, right? We're just, we're just going <laughs> through a gully, right? And I'm, and I'm sitting there looking at these people going, are you insane? The real estate market is in free fall. Then people today, earnings came out today in the retail space and people are celebrating that TJ Maxx had good results. Okay. Well, Target had horrific results and they guided for even a worse fourth quarter, which I think I've told you before, which is if you think the earnings reports have been bad, I think fourth quarter is going to be a double digit miss. Now we'll see if this plays out, but even that you're sitting there going, do you guys know what that means when higher end retailers, I mean, Target isn't higher end, but it's higher end than TJ Maxx, that higher end retailers are getting slaughtered and the only one that's beating is the ultimate discount retailer? That is a recessionary sign. Rates going through the roof. I, I mean, you should go, You uh, uh, used car prices are down like 25% in the last 60 days. Um, I, everywhere you look, I, if this doesn't end up in a really nasty market in a protracted recession where we see unemployment exceed, you know, I don't want to, you know, who knows, but certainly above 6%, maybe seven, eight, and it could get a lot worse than that. But if it doesn't result in that, that'll be the most unbelievable thing at all. And then you flip over and look at the stock market. It's still trading at 22 times earnings. Uh, you know, it's, it's the craziest thing I have ever seen. Do, do you see um, why, brother? Do you see why this theme has come to me this week of what is real? Because it yeah. sounded like, well, no, yeah. when I started, when the theme occurred to me, because guys, sometimes I'll do, like I did the first two shows this week and it occurred to me that the theme of the shows was what's real. What is actually real? Mm-hmm. Um, we're being told that our, our our election system is the safest, most secure in history. And there are states in or there's like a Clark County, Nevada, uh, a columnist decided to do a little test. Hey, what would happen if I signed other people's ballot envelopes? 
and just signed their envelope the way I want it to look. And would they get rejected? No, 50% got accepted. Got accepted as, as the other, as the, the actual voter's signature. Um, wow. Or there are states where they sent out 1.8 million ballots. They expect back 800,000. So you have all these ballots sitting around. And what's real? So what actually is real? Um, how many cases did the Democrats succeed in counting until they won? What is real? And you're talking about the stock market right. being at 22, you know, what you say, 22 times where it should be or something. 22 times earnings. Yeah. Yeah. 22 times earnings. And, and so what's real? Well, what's real is I guess people, I mean, the stock market long ago stopped being about value. And I guess this story of FTX and, uh, and FTT, Sam Bankman Freed, um, I, I guess that's, uh, that's the, crescendo moment perhaps of unreal finance it, it is but here but here is here, as investors here is the one good the, the the one piece of good news i would say okay is that it has stopped being va- about value but the fact that it has stopped being about value means that it is guaranteed <laughs> to make a reversion to value right and yeah. and that is why we have been you know you know, you know how crazy maniacal I am about this, but we we've been all over it this year, hedging and protecting and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I got to a point with our trader the other day where I looked at him and I go, um, on the energy part of our portfolio, where we own oil, nat, gas, uranium, stuff like that. I go pull the hedges, and he goes what? And I go pull the hedges, and he said why? And I said because the value is so immense in this sector right now, and I am tired of hedging it because it is the only thing in this market that is real. It is the only thing that is absolutely needed on a daily basis. And we will ride out the volatility with those investments because that's going to be the price to pay to get the incredible returns that we're going to get, the inflation protection. And that's the other thing. We could spend another program talking about the whole oil shortage. Um, We ain't seen nothing yet, man. This is getting worse by the day. And it's getting more and more and more unreal. Uh, Global oil demand is climbing. It, despite of what everybody is telling you, it's kind of flat here in the West, kind of flat in Asia, but in, in but in the continent of Africa and in uh, India, oil demand is growing by 5% a year. Okay, those two areas have 35 to 40% of the global population. Kind of a big deal, right? Well, there's no new oil supply coming on. We were going through numbers last night. This might sound parabolic, but I think in the next year and a half to three years, you're going to see 250 to $300 oil. And it people don't realize how close we are to it. Because again, it, you know, I mean, think about the fact that we're hovering around 85 to $90 oil and Biden is dumping a million barrels a day into the open market. People go, hey, Zach, that's not that big a deal though. Global oil production is 104 million barrels a day. And I go, yeah, it is. But think about this. In, in 2007, Oil peaked at 150, and during the financial crisis, it got down to 35 a barrel. Yeah, right. 150 to 35. Global oil demand dropped four percent. Okay, oil is impacted by the margins. So when people are like, "Oh, there's only a one and a half percent mismatch between demand and supply," if demand is one and a half percent above global supply, you're looking at 200 to 250 dollar oil. Right. That's it's just what it is because oil has almost infinite price elasticity, meaning if you need oil, you're going to buy at whatever price you can get it for. 
right? If what, you got to heat your home or you got to drive your car, you're going to buy yeah. the oil. What does this equate to in terms of so, people driving cars? I mean, if it's a $250, you know, $250 um, oil, what does it relate for? And, you know, what's that like in gassing up your car? The, the timing of it is hard, but I really think that at some point in the next, um, let's call it, let's call it 16 to 36 months, I think it's highly realistic in most of the country. You'll see double digit oil prices and I think you could see or double digit gas prices. And I think you could see it as high in places like California as maybe, you know, 14, 15 bucks a gallon at the pump. Wow. And and who knows, you know, and Todd, that's the crazy thing about a a commodity like oil and that gas. I mean, here in the United States, we've been insulated from it because we haven't been hit nearly as hard as Europe, but, and, and there's a bunch of different ways to measure Nat gas. And depending on whether you're here in, you know, here in the States, we use a cubic foot type measurement. They use a different measurement in Europe, but basically let's call it a unit. Okay. So if you normalize the units here in the United States, that gas is trading right around six bucks a unit. Okay. You go over to Europe and it's like, I, I, we got as high as 60. Okay. I think right now it's around 25 or 30. And, and I think it's going to go a lot higher. Um, but the the we've been insulated because we've got the supply here, thank God. Yeah. Um, but the reality, watching this world sleepwalk through all of these things, um, there's a bucket of cold water and a big stick that, that has just been brought into the room. And I, I think in the next twelve months, I don't think it's going to be fun, but I think in the next twelve months, the one benefit we're going to get from it is that that's not going to be possible anymore. You're going to have to wake up. You're going to have to face the music. We are not living in the the Fed-induced bubble that we've been in for the last 15 years. And um, and I've also said too, Todd, you and I have talked about this before. This is the golden age of fraud. The frauds you're seeing, you, people are like, oh, good, th- good thing that's over. It didn't mess the market up. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. That is the opening salvo. Okay, when you've had interest rates this low, with regulation this disgustingly poor and irresponsible for a 15-year period of time, you just watch. The, the fraudulent blow-ups are just starting, and they're going to turn into an absolute dumpster fire in the next 12 months. Well, and I said it, I'm going to say it again, that um, I would like to have President Trump add to or DeSantis add an anti-corruption platform. And I don't, I don't have time to get into this, this show, but I'll talk about the anti-corruption platforms and how those would contain deliverables. And I would tell you one thing I'd start with is if as an as an um, forensic financial audit of anybody who is at decision making level in government. I want to see their personal finances. I want to see uh, a complete forensic audit. I want to see it of senators. I want to see it as congressmen. They have to have these financial disclosures. Well, they get to put down a range. Oh, yeah, I earned between uh, one and five million bucks. That's a big range. <laughs> That's a pretty big range. So pretty wide. Here, right. Here's if you talk, Here's the other thing I'd like to see. Um, and I would even be in favor. Now, I know this is going to tick some of your listeners off, but just hear me out. I would be even in favor of substantially increasing salaries of elected officials if 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 you take public office all investable or movable assets must be placed in a blind trust for the duration of your service period absolutely this is insanity that these guys are enriching themselves on the exact same thing that would have me sitting in jail right now 
It Absolutely. is disgusting. It is deplorable. And if, you know, it's like voter ID. If we, these are apolitical issues, right? If you care about, you know, the, the, the buzzword for the entire election, we're preserving demo- democracy. If you want to preserve democracy, get rid of corruption and let's f- find a system that this day and age, for God's sakes, they, some people don't know how to write their name, then make it a fingerprint for bloody heck, right? right? You can, there are fingerprint scanners on your iPhones. They, right. We have the technology. If you stand in the way of these advancements, you are absolutely for corruption. And and they are, and because they hide in this. So, and we know that God, look, I, I just, I want everybody to remember that God said in the end times, when I'm not saying that we're in the last days, but in the end times, things are going to get bad and people are going to, they're going to turn to teachers that tell them what their itching ears want to know. And basically God was saying, you're going to end up in a time of fraud and abuse and tyranny. And so we know it's going to go this way, but we also know the Lord will be with us even until the end of the age. Zach Abraham, Bulwark Capital Management. You get him at knowyourriskradio.com. That's where his show resides. And it is a great show. Brother, go with God's good grace. And this is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be of good faith that the Lord stands with us even until the end of the age.